Hey, it's Michael here from the Buy Shop at Yamba, and welcome to another Sea Change Business Podcast. And I am really excited today because we've been planning to do this for something silly like 10 odd weeks, and we finally got around to it. So I'm joined today by one of our local celebrities. Her name is Hayley Tolbert, <laughs> and she's laughing away already. And um, we're meeting at her fantastic business called Blank Space Agencies. Um, which is a, a, a gorgeous collaborative workspace in the heart of Yamba. Um, so firstly, welcome Hayley. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure. Um, as I always like to start with, um, you know, I, I like to find out a little bit about what the person's done in the past and, and so on. And I reckon that you've got a better backstory than most superheroes have. So <laughs> would you mind sharing I know we have, we've only got a limited time because you've got such a massive, deep backstory. Would you mind sharing what you've done in the past and how on earth did you end up over here? So let's start with you and Yamba as a little thing. And then how did you end up here? And what stuff have you done on the way? Well, the story starts in Yamba. So okay. I grew up here. I had a beautiful childhood here. And um, I, I guess from a really young age, I, I kind of... I guess I can be a bit, well, I was going to say I can be all or nothing, but that's not entirely true because I change so often. But, um, uh, yeah, I've done, a, I've done a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, I've been, uh, I've, I had a music career for a time. I yes. pursued that. Uh, I've had a law career. I went into corporate law in my early 20s, yep. and, and um, uh, which I loved. And then um, the tides changed again, and I fell in love and yep. I <laughs> met my husband and then I, I segued off law uh, while I was having children yep. and then while I was off with my children I wanted to get into uh, more creative sort of line of work um, so I went into fashion marketing. Wow that's um, so completely different from law. Totally different but I guess I went yep. um, it was sort of I don't know I, I found similarities in there okay. like, I, like certainly with creative writing and advocacy yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good but um yeah i i feel like i kind of picked up one skill set and just dropped it in another area okay. um and then integrated marketing when i started to get into that that yep. was quite a segue i went into that with not a lot of knowledge but yeah. um i wanted to do it and the opportunities presented themselves so i pursued that cool and then um around 2014 i i wanted i had a big kind of a, a life epiphany yeah. um while the children were young and i started to really tap into what i wanted to stand for as a mother yeah. and whether i wanted to sort of just lecture on life from the sidelines yep. or or be a leader as yeah. a mother and um, and that took me to some pretty crazy places. Well, um, I can't wait to find out more about that. Can I just ask you a question about, let's go right way back to the singing thing. Like, what, where was that happening? Was that here or was it, was it in the big smoke somewhere? So it started off here. Okay. Um, I knew really early on that I wanted to sing. Yeah. That was what I really was passionate about and, and everything kind of centred around that. Yeah. Um, I think I, I was in bands from... Like, I was jamming from age eight wow. with my friend Lockie Mulligan, who's okay. another local, right. um, who's, his band Nocturnal Tapes is going yep. really well, and Rye X as well, okay. who's another local guy done good, who's just yep. killing it internationally now. So, yeah, it was, you know, produced some, it, it hasn't been a barrier if you yep. wanted to pursue something, and um, that's what I wanted to pursue early on. Right. Um, I knew... Then, like, then, then how did you go from the singing thing 
to thinking, you know what, let's go and do the office thing. I can link, okay, I can join those dots. So, <laughs> so basically I was, I was doing music, I was in bands and I, I got to a point where I realized that I was not going to achieve my dream yep. gigging around Yamba. Yes. Like I needed to kind of get down in the city in front of some people who could help me on my way. And yep. so age 16, I started sort of researching managers and talent agencies and those types of things. I lined up. 14 meetings for myself in Sydney and caught the train down there and stayed with some family friends and just took myself around the city auditioning um, with different agencies. I don't think I was in that space at 16. (laughs) (laughs) It was, you know, I was really driven with what I wanted to do and I knew that I needed to find people who could help me get there. And so... Um, so they all went really well. I ended up getting a, a, all of the offers that I wanted to get cool. and I picked the one that I wanted yeah. and did that for a while. Um, really interesting part about that journey though was that I had a very, very clear vision for, for what I wanted to mm-hmm. achieve. I wanted a record deal. Yeah. That was just number one. Yeah. The interesting thing was is that when I got it, I didn't have a vision for beyond that. Yes. I didn't really have in my mind what that would look like. And so... I very, you know, over a period of time, it, it, it crumbled and it fell away and I and it culminated in me being dropped. Yep. I didn't kind of pursue um, the journey with the same discipline and drive that I had pursued yep. the attainment of yep. the contract. Um, <clears throat> and so that, that opportunity fell away and, um, and it was heartbreaking at the time. Yeah. I returned to, I finished my high school, my HSC as a 20 year old. Yep. I was working off the debt in my dad's business <laughs> and um, yeah, and that sort of, uh, what you know, while I was in the music um, sort of industry trying to work out contracts and whatnot, I thought, you know, I, this is a, this is a, a corner I could cut. Yeah. I think that I could, I could do this. So um, yes. And as it turned out, I went back to school and I was working in my dad's business um, and- What sort of business did he have? Um, so the Slipway, oh. so Howard Slipway in Engineering, he's yeah. over there, and um, and yeah, my time there working with um, the lawyers that we were instructing in Sydney um, ended up in them offering me a job as a paralegal, oh, wow. um, which was really great, yeah. and so I went down and, and went in uh, working with them, which was a f- fantastic opportunity, I yeah. absolutely loved that. Um, I studied law at Sydney Uni, and... Um, Side note is that I didn't, you know, it took me about a decade to get my degree. I wasn't, um, I was probably a bit immature for that still yes. as well to, yeah. to focus. And um, so I took a bit longer to get it. But my attitude with that um, was always that the time's going to pass anyway. Yeah. I may as well just get to the end of however long and have a degree. That's and cool. that was the attitude. So. Okay. All right, so then from that to the other things you've done, how did that link happen? And, and when did you decide that law wasn't for you? I well probably when I met my husband. Okay. I think I realised that um, you know my dreams of going to the New York bar and yeah. all those types of things <laughs> would um, would yeah. I, I was once I met him, I, I left my job in Sydney. Yeah. I followed him to the Gold Coast and I went to work in a, a firm up there for a while. Um, what did the family think of that? Oh, what of quitting the law career? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sort of supportive. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody was mainly teasing me about how long it was taking me to get my degree. Oh, okay. So that uh, was kind of yeah. Uh, I've been I was the butt of many many jokes for a long time. There's actually a picture of me in labour with my 
first child yeah. trying to get an assignment in before <laughs> I had the baby. And I got a credit, so that was all right. Um, <laughs> um, it all counts. It all counts, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so, that, so they were fine. But yeah, when cool. I was off with the, the babies, there was a bit of a life reset. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then that transition to not only just being a mother, but thinking, well, what do I actually want to get out of this? Or what, what legacy do I want to leave behind? What do you want to create? How did that kind of happen? Well, so around that time, I we had moved back to Yamba. Yeah. Um, and with our first child. And while we were back here, I think, I often say, like, I've tried to move back to Yamba a few times and the timing hasn't been right. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, when I was off with my first child, um, you know, I, I, the novelty of, you know, walking the break wall and going to the beach every day and having a coffee, yeah. that wore off pretty quickly. I thought, hang on, I'm way too young to be sort of like feeling like a retiree. Yeah. I've got way more to offer. And so I, I wanted, I, my dream was to always be able to live in Yamba and feel dynamic. Okay. And, and I, the last time I tried to, you know, I moved back, I still yeah. didn't have it. Yeah. And so I had to go. And so when I left again, I've just started to get a couple of really um, fun things going. One of them was a poetry night, a spoken mm -hmm. word poetry night, um, which was really um, drawing some really great people and some great ideas yeah. together. Um, so there was that and then a mentoring program as well. Okay. So I tried to get that going yeah. um, after having a few conversations with, I mean, there was one week where I had one conversation with my 11-year-old neighbour and another conversation with my 75-year-old grandfather. Yeah. And the conversations were exactly the same. Yeah. And I was really sort of struck by how, like, I just I thought, how can you be at the beginning of your life and be at the end of your life and be nursing the same sorts of feelings? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of inspired this idea to try and bring, bring these types of people together. Yeah. Um, and I was just getting that going when we moved back to Sydney right. for my husband's work. And so I had a, 2015, I felt incredibly cut off from yeah. my people. You know, I felt really isolated. The children were three and one or thereabouts. Yes. Um, husband in the city working really, really long hours. And so I had a lot of alone time, but also not alone time yeah. because of the children. So, um, that was a really big kind of a existential sort of, uh, crisis year I think and um, I think when I was a stay-at-home father I had similar chat so for me someone who was so on the move and all of a sudden you think no hang on no I'm, I'm better than this I'm doing more I'm supposed to be doing more than this yeah yeah I do understand that yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you've got a lot of time to sort of sit with those types of thoughts yeah. um and so yeah I was kind of just thinking like I don't know yeah I guess it was a, it was a period of really sort of um journeying a lot of rivers in my mm. mind, I suppose. And then I kind of arrived at this sort of a place where I thought, wow, all my life I've lived where, the, you know, where this river emptied into the sea. Yeah. And I was in this space of trying to work out who I was and what I wanted to stand for in the world. I, I guess I was journeying that river in my mind from yeah. Sydney. And, um, and I felt like I, you know, at, at the time, and it's still an issue of this area, we had, um, our, our, our stats on, on youth suicides in particular, yep. quite chilling. And I had a real sort of yearning to, I felt like I had important things to say and I yep. wanted to create a way 
to be heard. Mm. And, and the river appeared to me and, and that was what I set my sights on. So that was uh, yeah, 2015 and I decided that I wanted to um, journey to Clarence from the source to sea. Yep. At the time, I didn't really even know how. I, I spoke to a friend recently who said, who reminded me that when I first got that idea, I was just talking about hiking it, yes. just getting dropped up yep. to the source and then just walking along the river. And, uh, and I forgot about that. Um, in, I mean, that's what I'd have to do now if I wanted to do it now because we're in such a shocking drought, there's yes. no water in the river. But, but it, it ended up being a, a kayaking journey. And wow. um, initially the kayak was really just to get a way to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I still wouldn't even call myself a kayaker. Yeah. Um, and but that that sort of started swirling and i really wanted to kind of break life down to its to its baser elements and and i wanted to get learn skills and old ways and ancient wisdom and i had these two little boys with these beautiful big eyes looking up at me and i thought like Oh, you need me to teach you things and there's heaps of stuff i don't know yeah so i want to go out and figure a bunch of things out so for the people that don't know Tell us about what you actually accomplished before we go how you before we talk about how you prepped for that. Yeah. What did you actually accomplish? So I, 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 I over 14 days yep. I journeyed from the source of the Clarence River, which is near Stanthorpe mm-hmm. in the Great Dividing Range, yep. um, to where it empties into the sea here at Yamba. Um, I prepared to do that. I took no food, no yep. water, and prepared to survive solely off the river and the land. Wow. Um, and it, they were the skills that I wanted to teach my sons. Yeah. Like, you know, if everything falls apart, that I can just take them out and we can just live. And I'd be a total vegetable when it came to that. <laughs> I would have no clue. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Even I, <laughs> what I was surprised about is is how we change gears as humans. Like I, I learned all these skills. I did navigation courses and yep. bush survival courses and I spent time with indigenous elders and I really immersed myself in the journey. I yep. took two years to be ready to do it. Um, and But even through all of that preparation, it wasn't until I was dropped out in the middle of nowhere and yep. that safety net was cut from beneath me that I became the person that I needed to be to succeed. Yep. And I always, even at the very beginning, had the faith that that would happen, but I didn't know what that would feel like yeah. until I really, really cut everything away. It's an amazing achievement. Like, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing that I don't think I'd actually be brave enough to even want to think about doing. <laughs> so I'm so in awe of what you've been able to do there. Thank you so much. It changed my life. It yeah. changed me as a person. It, set, it, it changed so, the whole course of... So what would it have been like the day after, like hot shower, family <laughs> around you, friends around you. How did that feel? It's almost a blur and it took, I actually think it took a long time. It, I, that part is a blur. Yeah. I think there's a quote that I love and it's, we write to taste life twice. Yes. And for me, that journey out there, I mean, I was journaling prolifically out there so mm-hmm. I could capture what was happening in real time. Um, but I guess um, my my attitudes and and the distillations from that experience on a physical level didn't come until I had time to come yeah. home and really really sit with it. Um, so I I guess it's a, it's a good question. I, I actually I didn't write that much in the time from when I got home. I think I yeah. was just so just, just smelling my children, cuddling yeah, yeah. <laughs> my family. It took me a little while to reflect, but then once once the lessons started to come, yeah. it 
I mean, new things still. I mean, we're, we're, we're two years down the track from that and new things still come to me. And I think I was quite naive to think at the time that I would do this river and get it out of my system yeah. and that I, that'd be it. Yeah. Um, but there are, there's five Clarence rivers in the world mm. and my, my, my dream is to do all five That's of the rivers. Cool. Um, and I think it sort of taught me that there's more than one rites of passage experience too in our lives. Like I really feel like I became, I transitioned from girl psychology to woman psychology mm -hmm. out there on the river far more profoundly than the physical experience of yep. becoming a mother. Yep. Um, it was that, that river and that experience of really deeply suffering for beauty that um, I think shifted my psychology in like a rites of passage sort of a way. And um, the next river that I'm going to do is the Clarence River in Tasmania. Okay. And, um, and I'm taking my little boys on that trip. Exciting. And I'm really excited. You know, it's a different river to this one. It's not yeah. by any stretch the, you know, the, the Clarence, this Clarence is almost 400 kilometers. Yeah. Um, the one in Tassie is 22 kilometers. Okay. It's not a big multi-day. Yeah. We'll probably have it done in three to five days. Yeah. And, but I just want to take them out there and have them, you know, sort of be under those stars and, right. and, and use their pocket knives in the yep. field and yep. catch their own fish and, and have that slow, slow time with them. That's so and, cool. And I think that that will be my next kind of rites of passage sort of a thing where... You, so know, what, you know what I find most fascinating about that is that typically those skills are taught by a father figure, not by the mother. So those guys are going to grow up with such a, a different view of what women are capable of compared with most other kids. That's so cool. Well, I hadn't really thought of it like that. <laughs> I guess um, I guess I'm intensely aware that boys in particular, you know, they're close to their mothers while they're young, yeah. but then there comes a time as they transition in their rites of passage journey to mm. teenagers and then on to men yeah. where their relationships with the men around them are, are a bit more critical and they begin to break away from their mothers yeah. um, and at least relate to them in a slightly different way. And, and I'm aware that certainly with my eight-year-old, like those... We're, we're very, very close. I'm yeah. very close with my sons. And I know that those relationships, they will evolve yeah. and they will need that, that time with, with their dad yeah. more, a bit more in that way. So I'm really treasuring these moments and I'm very much aware, certainly that this trip, this river trip that I'm going to do with them is, is something that I know will, will stay with the three of us yeah. forever. Um, That's very exciting. So happy for you. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> so tell me then how, what you're doing now. Um, well, well, and it's going to be, well, which hat am I wearing is what she asks me. Yeah. So what are you doing now and how did you get there? Well, I think after um, the space that I was given yeah. to pursue this journey, um, by my husband is I'm eternally grateful yep. for him for that. You know, he, I often say that he, you know, we talk about trust, I trust such and such with my life. Well, yep. I credit him for trusting me with my life because he let me go, yes. you know, and, um, and so off the back of that trip, when I got home, I felt incredibly content mm. and very peaceful and, and was able to sort of, um, you know, get on the sidelines and, and cheer for my family in their dreams and in yep. their way. And, um, 
And so, um, so my husband Mick is the national marketing manager for Hurley, the mm-hmm. surf brand, um, which he does fifty percent of the time from Yamba. Yep. Um, so he's been doing that commute since we came back, um, which was to uh, I think it was two thousand around two thousand seventeen. Yep. Um, and so um, he, yeah, so he's sort of been doing that work commute for quite some time. And we got to a point where like he he can't sort of be in senior leadership for a global company yeah. running it off the kitchen bench. And yeah. we really got desperate for a space where, you know, we could, certainly him in particular initially, would just take off the dad and the husband hat yes. and then go to work and, and step into that role from a coastal hamlet like Yamba. So we knew that we needed a space that was separate to the home. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and certainly for me as well, I guess off the back of my trip, um, I had, I've had quite a few different opportunities come my way like I, I, I always um, I make the most of whatever's in my path mm. um, and so I had um, opportunities to speak um, at schools nice. um, yeah. to MC events in the women's adventure space um, which has been really fantastic um, and and then uh, what have I jumped to next um, uh, to taking over sort of the general operations of French outdoor company James Baroud. Okay. So, so what do they do? So they make rooftop tents. Yep. Um, they and I'm not being biased. They're the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it is such a pleasure to work on a product that is the top of its field. And how did they find you? Well, that's a really interesting question as well. That was one of those uh, situations where I was already building Blank Space Yamba. Yep. I, I was on this journey, very much on this journey. Um, and and that that really came about. I didn't realise that I was taking on a job at the time. I just yeah. said, yes, um, there was a need there in this in this business. That off the back of a health crisis, I stepped in and assisted for what I thought was only going to be a few weeks yep. um, where some 12 or 14 months down the track now and and it was just um i mean it's been a gift the thing that i love about it is it plays to all of my strengths it's all of the things that i've ever done so it's it's the outdoor industry which i've really um found a home for myself in um it's it's you know the the legal side i'm dealing with contracts all the Mm -hmm. time um and it's and it's the marketing side as well so um it's something that i'm really really passionate about and i now run james baroud out of blank space. Okay. So um, I probably didn't actually say what blank space is. So uh, that was my next question. <laughs> that was my next question. I'd forgotten. So tell us about blank space. Who had the idea? Was it from your husband needing a place to play? Um, and tell us what it is. We, we definitely started dreaming of a space um, where we, we were frustrated with yep. trying to work from home. Yep. And this question came to us like, oh, like, who could you be if you had nothing standing in your way? Like we were saying, imagine yep. if we could just like go into a beautiful space and there were no distractions and we could just go in and concentrate 100% on the best yep. of what we do. And once we started asking those questions, we started to get obsessed with the idea of like what that could look like. And with talking with our friends, we realised we weren't, we weren't the only ones in this mm-hmm. boat of, of trying to like either run a small business from home or contract or yeah. freelance or all these types of things. So we thought, well, maybe we should, we should sort of look a little bit more seriously at it. And, um, it, it, and I, I do get that, you know, cause I, you know, I, I live, I have a unit above my shop. And so my, where I sleep is where I will often do work as well. Yeah. But 
there's always distractions, there's always other things around. And sometimes I'm more effective if I just grab everything and go to a coffee shop and sit down quietly in the corner. Yeah. So I totally get that. It makes such a difference if you do have that physical separation. Um, so also then home becomes your sanctuary, yeah. not a place of more stress. Exactly. Yeah, and additional pressures. And what I hope that we've created, and I personally feel mm. like we have, is is that idea of the oasis and the sanctuary here yeah. as well, creating a sanctuary for work so yes. that, you know, this, and this we have this other idea of like, you know, we want to work in a space that we're just excited to walk through the doors at, at the beginning of the day as our own home at the end of the day. Yeah. And I get that when I come here and I, I, you know, with the flurry of the morning, with getting children off to school yep. and those different types of things, I genuinely come to work and I feel relaxed nice. to begin my day. Yeah. And, and with, without the distractions to, it's, you get in, you do a productive one or two hours and then you can sit down with like other people in the space and yeah. have like a guilt-free cup of tea and have a little debrief and you kind of get that camaraderie of the office environment even though you're all working in your own Absolutely. Yeah. individual things. I've used a few collaborative spaces and I do, I do enjoy the vibe. I, I find I'm so much more productive because you've got, your mindset's different. Like yeah. you're, you're going on purpose to a place to do some work. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a different headspace. And, and it's going okay? It's going Sorry. well? It's been received well? Yes, yes, definitely. And I think, you know, we're, we're in a situation where, like, it, we're, we're ahead of the curve for yep. what we're doing. Um, but Yamba has got, there's a, there's a lot coming for our town as mm. well. And so we're really, really excited to kind of be at the forefront of, of what we're doing here, which is really a space where we can come together yes. and cross-pollinate. Um, I love, that's my favorite thing of all to see new people meet each other in here and talk about what they do and then naturally come up with ways yep. that they can kind of overlap and work together. It's my, it's my favorite. It's very cool. I mean, I think I, I try and jump into whole lots of workshops that I'm not supposed to be at for that same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just a way of being with people that don't think the same way that you always do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you come, you can come up with some quite cool ideas. So, how, what's a typical day for you if you're in office mode? Oh, a typical day in office mode would be I'd get the children off to school, I come and um, come to Blake's space. And yep. luckily, um, so we've got Navrin who's a draftsman and Brady who's a structural engineer. Mm -hmm. They work here and they typically sort of do earlier hours, so they yep. usually have the space open. And um, so we, you know, we co-manage the space cool. as well because I've got uh, basically two full-time jobs that I try to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've, there's a bit of, um, give and take everywhere, which is great. But so I'll usually come in, um, and I'll, I'll get into my, to my emails, um, for both businesses yes. sort of check on, on what's happening. Um, and then I'll, I'll head out over to the shed where we've got all of our stock for mm -hmm. James Baroud. I'll prepare what's got to go out for the day. Um, and so I've definitely changed gears. I mean, I can be in a meeting here one minute sort of yep. in a dress, you know, <laughs> and then over there sort of being yeah, filthy <laughs> over there with boxes and whatnot. But um, so it's a, a little bit of a jump around, but I, I have the dynamism that I always yep. dreamed of having in Yamba, cool. which is this ability to kind of feel like um, I, I'm, I'm achieving my potential. Yep. Um, so I, I definitely do jump around a lot. And then um, separate to that, separate to Blank Space and James Baroud, I also have the work that I do in the adventure space, yep. which is um, 
whether it's sort of writing articles for magazines yep. or blogs, um, or I've recently finished filming a documentary. Um, I've got two documentaries coming out. Um, one of them is the my personal journey down the river, and the other one is um, another river documentary, which I've just shot with a good friend of mine, um, and it centres around the, the water crisis that we're in at the moment. Okay. Um, you know, we, we sort of tried to recreate the journey that I did in 2017 yeah. recently and there's no water in the river. Yeah. Um, so we went out and we met people all all down the river and um, sort of learned about their connection with the water. Wow. Um, and we also went out to educate ourselves on the mining licenses that have been yep. granted upriver and, and what's happening around that. So um, so that documentary will, will seek to bring people upriver and show them a part of the clearance that they, you know, people in Yamba will never have seen before Fantastic. or very few. Um, and and to sort of um, connect us downriver folk with the upriver folk a little bit more. Um, so there's sort of some of the types of things I like to do as well. So yeah. there's, a, there's an, a, an advocacy element to, to the work that I do um, on a personal level. Okay. Wow. That's all I can say. <laughs> so where do people find out that, you're, that some of these documentaries are they going to be what, how are they going to be released or launched well i'm i'm really um just thrilled and honored that this latest film that we've done has been backed by patagonia yep. um so so patagonia uh they they've helped us produce this film and we'll be we'll be rolling it out in screenings up and down the coast Fantastic. so we'll be taking this film really to the people and yep. doing screenings and having talks and in engaging sort of Face to face on the issues, yeah. um, so and then so that one, yeah, there'll be a um, bit of an engine room behind that one, and then my personal documentary will um, that'll be rolled out across social channels. Yeah. And, and well, I can't wait to see it. That sounds very exciting. Thank you. So, of your day, what is the least favorite bits that you have to do and deal with? The least favorite bits. Oh, I have to. I should. Oh, I've got a flag that I've got an extreme optimism bias. So I kind of can be a bit Pollyanna with everything. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you a, a really cheesy answer and just say that I, I just, I, I enjoy it all. It's all part of the ultimate goal. Cool. So I, there's, I, then I feel extremely grateful. I go through my days genuinely Great. feeling really grateful that I can do. So that's probably why good opportunities come your way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I do. I really, I honestly feel every single day that the work that I do is repaying a debt that I'm so grateful to have, yeah. that I can feel this dynamic in my hometown. That's very cool. So people, you know, this, this podcast originally started as a way of sharing some tips for people who also want to end up in a place where they can live, where people come to holiday. Yeah. So if you were to give some budding entrepreneurs a few little tips about what they should be doing so they can end up with a glorious lifestyle in a fantastic place, what would it be? Uh, so I, think about, you know, they've got a business idea, yeah. they want, they might be in the city already and they want to move to, say, a place like Yambo and set up shop here. Yeah. What are some things that they need to be aware of? Uh, I think, so it's probably an obvious one, but being adaptable, like being, having the ability to shape shift is, is critical. Yeah. Being able to put on any hat and do any job and not be afraid to get your hands dirty. Like my hands are always dirty yes. and, I'm, and, I, and I keep moving. Yeah. So I think um, it's, it, it's important to kind of, if you come to a small town, 
uh, is perhaps not relax into the pace too much, you know, like you can, you can enjoy it, but, um, which I, I absolutely do, but I yeah. enjoy it because I'm, I'm, I'm working, um, I, I suppose like I've, I've, you know, so I've got goals obviously, yeah. and I work to those. I've got a, a criteria mm -hmm. that I judge all of my projects by. I test them against this personal values criteria. Yeah. Um, and that determines what I say yes and no to. Um, I keep moving and, and I'm, I think probably my, my greatest strength I think is, is recognizing opportunities and, okay. and, and pouncing on them yep. and, and helping to, to cultivate a lot of different things. So yep. I cast my net very wide. I'm, I'm a generalist. Yep. I'm not specifically great at anything. Jack of all trades, I suppose. Um, and ultimately though, I'm 35 now. Um, I think probably what I've done, um, whether I intended to or not, is that I've just I've tried so many different things yes. and I've got a skill, a general level of skill in a bunch of different areas that has enabled me to come to a small town and, and do what needs to be done. Yep. So. No, it's, it's, it's cool. I think it's, you know, we, we come across lots of people. No, you know, we moved here from a cattle station and we I used to talk to people, and this is me coming from the, the coaching space, yep. used to talk to people there who used to dream about being able to settle down by the water somewhere. Um, especially when they're in dry cattle stations. Um, but they don't necessarily think about running a business here. They kind of want to just mellow and relax and retire here. And I think it's a different headspace. I think you can still do it. You're just going to do it with a bit of forethought because, yeah. you know, it depends on the sorts of business that you're doing. You know, a lot of people want to have businesses that are cater only for the local market. But you can operate a national business and an international business out of Yamber if you treat it right, I think. Absolutely. And yeah. that was, um, I think, a huge kind of um, a dream of this space that we've got here. Like, I, yeah. I, I believe with all my heart that there's nothing that you can't do from Yamber. Mm -hmm. I think that anything that you want to do, you can, you can find a way to do it. Especially now the MBM's come. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. As you know, we've got better, better internet. Yes. So what do you do when you're not working? What do I do when I'm not working? Other than family duties? Well, I think I find a way to do all the things that I'm passionate about. Uh, uh, good question. Well, my favorite thing is to, is to be out in the bush, yeah. really, is to go, to go out and sort of um, connect out there or on the water. They're, that, they're my favorite things. Okay. I think that always grounds me. And if you had more time, would you do more of that? more time when I do my, um, I know you've still got you know you still like being around your family and all that sort of stuff as well and you know some people just because they feel fulfilled during the day yeah don't have a massive urge to do heaps after the day hmm. and some do <laughs> I feel like I get to do all of the things that I love during the day yes yeah. um, maybe that's because you don't do things on by accident <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> I think that I've managed to kind of blend my work and my my passions yeah. and so I feel like I get to live a life of passion yeah. um, certainly connecting with 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 land and sea and water is that's my church mm. that's where I go and I, I reconnect and I really um, I, I get answers answers arrive um, or maybe it's just the questions don't matter anymore um, 
I really, really love to write. I, yeah. I, I really enjoy writing in my journal. Um, and I think all of the things that I, I love to do and that I care about, I find a way to, to work into my day. Yeah. But I guess, that, yeah, that hasn't been by accident. There, there's been an intense, um, an intense period and that still I do every single day, which is setting an intention for how I want to go into the day. I, I mentioned that I journal prolifically yeah. and my journal entries are, I'm not chronology, like I'm not, it's not a chronology of what's happening. It's, it's what I want to happen. Yeah. It's what I see happening. And it's, and there's a lot of self-reflection in there too. What have I done well? What have I not done well? How can I do things better? And so I suppose I coach myself there and I've been doing that for many, many years and trying different ways of doing things better. So it is a bit of a habit, isn't it? You know, in the SES, we've got this thing we call an after action review where, we, and we don't do it immediately. We do it where there's a little gap between doing something and then reflecting on it and working out what you did well, what you can do better. Right. Um, but I think that's an important part of improving is actually doing that after action review. Yeah. So you can actually think, well, what's the lessons I've learned from that and how can I move forward? Yeah, definitely. So um, any other tips for people moving to a small town? So especially the, those who've come from the city, so they don't feel quite so isolated, so frustrated that you can't get food after 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my, my number one piece of advice for anyone moving to a small town would be, I mean, we all have to look after our income stream, for yeah. sure, but, but look at ways that you can give. Yeah. Like, look at ways that you can arrive in a small town and be part of the community. Yes. Not just sort of open a shop and hope that people will come in and hand over money for whatever you want to sell, but yep. how you can actually arrive and integrate yourself in a meaningful, purposeful way and build relationships and 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 that faith, I guess, um, with, with people in the community. Um, I, I know of a few people who I've who had become dear friends in a really short space of time because they have arrived in this town with with a heart set that I really admire. Yeah. They've arrived and they've got to work here. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's a really, really great way to become part of a community. Absolutely. I think you have to give first. You've got to give first. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a it's a beautiful place. A beautiful place. And and we I'm quite proud to show it to people when they come and visit. It's rather nice. Um, What's coming up for you? Uh, I guess, so the release of these couple of documentaries, okay. that's, that's what's coming up. Um, uh, I've got exciting things happening with James Baroud that is confidential for the time yep. being. Um, then, uh, and I guess just, just putting as much energy and as much love into blank space as I possibly can um, and really creating a space for people to to not just dream but to be able to come and achieve it yeah i think um we've got really fantastic people here and it's a transient environment you know we all work for ourselves so we're not most people aren't doing nine to five in here most people yeah. will come in and they'll do a few hours here and a few hours there and um you know sometimes there's heaps of people here sometimes there's no people here it's just it's we're we're holding space for some really really wonderful things here and um 
And, I and, and what facilities does MySpace offer, just for people that don't know? So, so, so hot desking, communal hot desking, yep. um, there's private office suites, there's a meeting room that can be hired out, um, we've got a photographic and content creation studio. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, office facilities. So, yeah, a little breakout area where you can sort of sit and, and talk. So I think it's, um, it's a very versatile space yeah. and I'm just so excited for, you know, we haven't, we haven't been in business very long, um, but I'm really, really excited for the future. How exciting is that? So where can people find out about Blank Space? What's the best way to find out a little bit more? So our, our website um, is the best and yeah. that's, so that's Blank Space, but it's with a C, so it's spelt Blanc. Okay. Um, but we're definitely not a white space. Well, we'll I do like that long. <laughs> we will we will put something in our uh, in our um, podcast notes where they can actually contact you anyway. So excellent. Yeah. So blankspaceagency.com.au. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Haley, thank you so much for making the time to have a chat. I know you're super super busy. Um, I'm and... too busy for the important things. <laughs> this is, I'm really really happy to sit down. With and you. we 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 I know we chatted. God, it would have been seriously like ten weeks ago. And it's taken us this long to actually think, all right, that's it. We have to do it. We have to do it. (laughs) So thank you. This is Michael here from the Sea Change Business Podcast. Um, If you have any questions, comments, or queries, contact us through our Facebook page. um, And please leave us feedback as well. I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now. Bye.